Powered by Go Goat Sports in partnership with TSN, it is Season 4, Episode 69 of the Rain Rigs Podcast. It is our Stanley Cup Final Preview, and it is presented by our title sponsor, Canadian Club Whiskey. A lot going on in my world, right? It's Wednesday as we yep. record this. You know, you're just coming off uh, a playoff run, and I'm heading to Kamloops this afternoon for the Memorial Cup, so kind of looking forward to that. Great hockey city. Really a terrific history in that city for junior hockey. Yeah. You better get there by the weekend or else Patrick Waugh's beard's going to be down by his feet. <laughs> He's a scruffy looking dude right now. <laughs> he could just trim that up just a smidge, but really the Memorial Cup's such a great tournament. I got to play in it once and we won it in Portland. And that was the first year that the whole city got a buy into the tournament. And it kind of changed right, the, right, right. the whole view of how that tournament could be run. So yeah, it's a, it's a great tournament and you'll have fun out there. A lot of hockey people will be there. Oh, and some good teams too, right? West, East, Quebec, all well represented in this year's uh, edition of the Memorial Cup on TSN. Headlines on the Rain Drags Hockey Podcast are brought to you by our friends at Tim Hort. Hi, it's Ray Ferraro. You've probably heard me talking about my friends at North Beach Agency and Craft Growth. They provide customized marketing solutions tailored to help grow businesses of all sizes. From results-driven marketing across TV, radio, and podcasts to websites, digital, social, out-of-home, and everything in between, they have the proven expertise to get the measurable results you need to get your business growing. You can visit craftgrowth.net and book your free business growth consultation now. That's craftgrowth.net. All right, we are going to spend a fair bit of time in this episode doing what I mentioned right off the top, previewing the Stanley Cup final. We've got Chris Abbott, who stops by from Botano.ca, and he's going to look at the gambling version of what this series looks like. And man, there's so many different ways that you can play this out on Botano.ca. And Gary Lawless, insider with the Vegas Golden Knights, formerly of TSN, will also stop by and we'll take a look at kind of the inner workings of the Golden Knights going into this championship final as well. But first to the headlines, Ray, some of the news of the week. Brad Trilliving expected to be hired this week as Toronto's new general manager. I mean, we're dealing in the semantics, the nuance of where this is, right? Contract negotiations and all of that. But Trilliving is the GM, the man selected. Do you think it's a good fit based on what you know of Brad Trilliving? Yes. And given what Brendan Shanahan said at the press conference, I mean, it became a pretty narrow field in a hurry because yeah. Shanahan laid out his parameters. You know, I would assume that when they made that decision to move away from Kyle Dubas, it wasn't with a blank, blank, uh, a blank sheet of paper in front of him. There were already yeah. some roads that he was going to drive down trying to narrow in on sure you know I, yeah. I, I mean he basically described brad in the press conference whether it was going to be brad or somebody else but he was basically describing an experienced guy someone that could handle the market somebody that could you know manage a, a big group which is what toronto is what i find interesting here and i think it's the same and whether it's toronto or whoever gets a new general manager the team instantly will change because the new manager's view will not be the same as the old manager, or they would have kept the old manager. Right. And so whatever Brad Trelliving's view is of what this team can be 
it will be different than Dubas's. It just will. And now how do you achieve that? That's, that's going to be the next interesting part. Yeah. Well, and then the follow-up questions are, are pretty obvious, aren't they? I mean, it, it's, it's not just about Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and William Nylander, Nylander and Matthews. The most significant issues because of, of contract, you do have to have a look at Sheldon Keefe as head coach. The Maple Leafs, that would be natural, normal for any new GM. But I always say the same thing, and I want your opinion. I think Sheldon Keefe's a good coach. Is there somebody better available? Maybe. I mean, but there are teams who are also in the market that don't have head coaches like Calgary, like Anaheim, like the Columbus Blue Jackets. So if you're thinking of a Travis Green or Gerard Gallant, you better get at it in a hurry because those guys are likely going to be snapped up. How would would, would head coaching of the Toronto Maple Leafs be a priority assessment for you if you're Brad Treliving going in? Yes. I mean, to me, it would be priority only because the people you might want to talk to if you wait a month might not be there yeah. anymore. Yeah. But just like I said, you know, Shanahan basically started the process with names on paper. Like it's, you don't just let somebody go and say, oh, gee, now I got to start looking around. Every manager I've ever talked to has a, I'll say a book, but that's not really what I mean, but research into what different coaches around the league and in the game are about. They, they have their own, I'll call it a book. They have their own book on it. So there are people that Brad Treliving probably thinks really highly of, and he would only know Sheldon Keefe from afar. Yes. But yeah. he's not going to get the job, sign the paper and say, gee, I got to start thinking about the coach. Like, like this is already moving. And so like, I, I suspect that decision would be pretty quick. There's two ways to look at it. One is, yes, he's got to bring in his own guy or two. That's always a safety catch for a manager is you keep the incumbent mm -hmm. coach and it might work or you keep that coach and it doesn't work. And then you haven't done anything yet. There's nothing on you yet, right? You get to move on the coach yeah, yeah. somewhere else down the line. Does that impact the Matthews negotiation and all that? Maybe, probably. What? So everybody speaks of the Matthews negotiation as the priority. Quite frankly, I think it's Mitch Marner. Yeah. Because of his no yeah. trade that pops up July 1st. Austin Matthews is going to be a, going into the last year of his contract July 1st or July 5th. What the hell's the difference? Now, right. if it's January, you got a different story. But I, I think those are the priorities for me. And the more I've thought about it, it's GM, Coach, Marner. All right. Well, a couple of coaching and hires this week already. The Nashville Predators named Andrew Burnett as their head coach, replacing John Hines, who was officially fired by Barry Trotz, the new general manager, on Tuesday. So Trotz getting some work done. Get your thought on Bruno and the fit with the Preds. I think it's excellent. I, I do. And I look, I think I mentioned this last time we met on the podcast. I know he interviewed very, very strong with the Columbus Blue Jackets. And he interviewed elsewhere around the NHL. But he lands in Nashville, an organization that he's very familiar with. Spencer Carberry, formerly of the Toronto Maple Leafs, assistant to Sheldon Keefe, named head coach of the Washington Capitals. So start with Bruno first and why that's a good hire by Barry Trotz. Well, Barry Trotz has known Andrew Brunette since he was leading the American League in scoring, playing in the Nashville or playing in the Washington organization where he started. And then he went to Nashville. And at that time, Trotz basically kicked Bruno in the ass and said, are you just going to be a player or do you want to be an NHL player? And so, mm. you know, I know Bruno really well. 
he's a, he's a humble guy. He's an amazing personality. He's got the, you know, he loves to laugh, loves, loves, loves the game. He'll let you think that he's not a detailed guy. He'll let you think that <laughs> and it doesn't bother him, but he is, he told and he's, he said that what he learned last year in Florida, a first time head coach is something he's thought about a lot. Now he knew, and you know, and he'll speak about it, I'm sure at the press conference, but cause somebody will ask him, but he knew where, you know, what needed to happen in Florida. You can't, but they had 122 points. You're not going to change it on the fly. You don't have no, you know, everybody could see the roster wasn't balanced. Everybody could see that, man, they won a whole bunch of games after extra time, you know, in overtime and shootouts. It, they all could see it, but you got to change it. So they went to Paul Maurice yeah. and that's clearly been the right choice in Florida. Bruno will do a good job. I'm biased, of course, because he was my left winger. He was a slower skater than me, which made me really happy. Um, but he and Barry Trotz have known each other for come on 30 years. And so that was a natural fit for John Hines's sake. I think John's a really good coach. I wish it could have been done more cleanly and a little more quickly. The same thing happened in Florida with Brunette last year. I wish that could have been done more clearly. You're not sitting in those meetings, so you don't know why it wasn't done a little more quickly, but this is where they're at. And he, he fits Bruno fits in, in Nashville. That gets us to Spencer Carberry, who, you know, like most assistant coaches has a low profile, but extremely well thought of anytime his name came up somewhere people were like oh he's sharp he knows the game he knows he's a great communicator he's going into an interesting spot which is what i you know it's the same funny crosby and Ma, crosby and ovechkin came in at the same time and they're going to go out at the same time and their franchises have kind of gone through the same thing but you've got to coach the team while these legends are still there and you can't rebuild or you won't rebuild while they're there and so carberry goes into that and how do you shape a team that's going to change quite significantly? Because you're not going to rebuild, not with Ovi there. No, you can't. No. Well, it'll be interesting to see how Brian McClellan, the general manager of the uh, Washington Capitals, tries to to reshape that. And Spencer Carberry, I mean, he he's suited for that role in that, you know, he's an offensive thinking coach. There's no doubt about that. And likewise with Burnett in, in Nashville. And that's one of the, the big attractive qualities that Barry Trotz was looking for to just inject a little bit of more offensive push in that Preds attack. All right, to Calgary, Ray. And the Flames' newly minted general manager, Craig Conroy, and his staff are in full coach interview mode this week. Started in earnest on Monday, and they've got a full week this week. So some of the names that have popped out include Gerard Gallant, maybe Travis Green if Travis isn't scooped up by somebody else, right? I mean, you've got Anaheim that Seems to be quiet, kind of laying in the weeds. What's Columbus doing? They've got some internal candidates like Pascal Vincent, who, you know, people are talking about as they should. But Calgary also has those options. If if they don't want to look at Gallant or Travis Green, say, you know, you've got Kirk Muller, you've got Mitch Love, who did a nice job of the Calgary Wranglers, you've got Ryan Huska, who's there. And as I mentioned on Insider Trading on Tuesday, Mark Savard is a long shot consideration. There would be reservations as to whether or not he's ready to be an NHL head coach. I mean, you're jumping from the Ontario Hockey League uh, to an NHL head coaching job. Feels like a bit of a stretch, but that name was thrown at me as someone to consider as being part of the mix. So when you think of all the struggles that the Flames went through, is there an experienced guy that maybe pops off the page more so for you? Well, I I mean, Gerard Gallant, yes, but because you've just, you you know, you led it that way and 
in, in an yeah, experienced yeah, way. Yeah. But here's, so I got a couple of thoughts on this, Drake's one of them being money. Sure. And they're paying Daryl Sutter to live on the ranch. Next couple of years at like over $8 million. So I, I total, mean, that's yeah. gotta be a consideration, doesn't it? In Calgary, like you, has to be. you're not going to, you don't want to pay your head coach $10 million. Right. And so does that take somebody out of the mix? Does that take a gallant out of the mix? I don't know. I do know it's always seems to be hard for the assistant to move over six feet and be the head coach. It, it yeah. always is a, it's a really difficult transition. And so in my gut, not knowing, you know, that takes out Huska and Muller for me because of that transition. Although maybe it doesn't, maybe they know internally that's okay. Would you promote Mitch Love? They seem to have a team that the window is more immediate, right? Like it seems like it should be a better team. Does that mean a guy that's going to learn on the job a little bit is the wrong guy? These all must be things bouncing around in Craig Conroy's head about how do we, how do we find what we think is the right guy now? But I would lean a little bit more experience wise here than I would say in Columbus or in Anaheim. I, I would be more willing to grow there a little bit. I do think Travis Green is going to get one of those jobs though. Oh, and deservedly so, right? I mean, not just a friend of Ray and Dregs here, but a good ho hockey coach and he deserves to get back on a bench. I, I'm also, we've touched on it and, and again, we'll drift into next week on some of this stuff because I think there's going to be clarity with Mike Babcock as well. The Columbus Bla Blue Jackets were high on, on Mike Babcock and, and his return to the National Hockey League. So maybe by next week we'll, we'll have a better indication as to whether that's reality or there's something else up Babcock's sleeve. So He's always intriguing, right? And the stories always seem to follow him. So we'll have to uh, investigate. Likewise with Kyle Dubas, we're not going to get into what's going on with Pittsburgh because we may have clarity on that here on Wednesday as we're recording or later this week. So that'll give us some meat to kind of chew on uh, next week's Ray and Drake's Quick setup of the Stanley Cup final. And we'll keep this brief as we wrap up headlines because we've got Abbott and Lawless we're both going to join us to dive a little bit deeper into the Stanley Cup championship. Is it Vegas's time? Can we put it that simple? Just based, and, and that sounds absurd when you consider they've only been around for six seasons. <laughs> Is it their time? Right. I mean, There's a lot of cities that would uh, tell you to take a jump off. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. But based on, look, I mean, you were invested in that Western Conference final, right? So you, you had a front row seat to how good, if not great, the Golden Knights can be. I saw them play three of those six games at a level that Dallas just couldn't keep up to. And even though game one went to overtime, Vegas was in control of that all the way. Game four was, or game three was a disaster for Dallas. It went wrong right from the, the moment the game started, but Vegas was totally dominant. And game six was even more so. Here's the thing. I think Vegas is going to win this series. But I wouldn't look past anything and I don't discount anything that Florida's done. This is not a fluke. They've, when they got by Boston, I probably leaned a little bit. Oh, yeah, they caught lightning in a bottle. They got really great goaltending. They got a, all these breaks. You know, they scored late in game seven. They had the Borowski save in game five to keep it to overtime. Everything went their way. And then I kind of thought they'd fizzle, but they didn't. And now this is too long of sustained good play to look past Florida. However, I think this is. A relatively short series, but I think it is really close. Like it to me, it seemed and feels a lot like the Carolina series, where I think it was ten to six and goals four and against, and it was 
overtime, overtime, four seconds left. Like that series could have been 2 2. It's not. That's all Florida's good stuff. I think Vegas is going to win this, but it's going to be really, really close. Like the games will be very close. I just think Vegas is too big. Vegas is enormous strikes. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I can't even think of a, the smallest guy on that team is Jonathan Marsh or so, and he's built like a fire hydrant. <laughs> right. And so everybody else is just monstrous. Their defense is huge. If guys, yeah. want, if you want to watch one player that's way under the radar there, it's really great for Vegas. It's Nick Hague. Mm-hmm. That guy is a, he is a legit top three defenseman. He's huge. He skates well. I really thought he was excellent in that series. Well, much more ahead on the Stanley Cup final. Those are your headlines. Thank you to Tim Hortons. Our interviews on Ray and Riggs is here brought to you by our friends at Canadian Club Whiskey who are asking, are you over beer? Why not try CC Ginger Ale? It's mixed. It's ready in a can. It is delicious. Try it when you're watching the playoffs. Meet your new cold one. All right, Ray, we've got a first timer to the Ray and Riggs Hockey Podcast, and that is Gary Lawless, an insider of the Vegas Golden Knights. But insider doesn't tell the full story, does it? I mean, this guy writes, he does radio, he's on multiple panels, he's shaking hands, he's kissing babies, he's scouting. I mean, Lawless is kind of one-stop shopping when you think of the Vegas Golden Knights, isn't he, Ray? He is, and we ran into him through the Western Conference Final, and... uh... Gary, we spent a lot of time in that media room waiting for people to say something interesting. <laughs> and uh, it gets less and less as the playoffs go on, doesn't it? It's it's very, it's been fascinating to kind of watch each coach that Vegas has. We get Bruce Cassidy every day and we're really quite spoiled because he's kind of an open book. But uh, Rick Bonus, obviously, his comments at the end of the Winnipeg series oh, were boy. fantastic, uh, explosive. Jay Woodcroft. He played a little bit of a Mike Babcock game, I guess, is kind of how I would sum that one up. And Pete DeBoer, it was Pete was really pushing the pressures now on Vegas at the end of that series. And, and the players in the Golden Knights room, who had Pete as a coach, were quick to remind me after hearing some of Pete's comments that, hey, Gary, Pete's a lawyer. So, and now, <laughs> and now, and now we get Paul Maurice, who's as good as as good as they get in the media center room so uh it's it's uh that part of the game is is a lot of fun as you go through the playoffs hey gary tell us about when you move to vegas everything's completely new the owner says we're gonna win a stanley cup i forget the exact number of years he said right out of the gate he was right on it wasn't it he's here he is year six and you know they're right at it like everything seemed to be so fast forward and aggressive and fit the vegas market like when you moved there did you did you really know what you were getting into? No. And I will tell you this, that the first year that we were here, my wife and daughter and I, we kind of thought, well, you know, when I worked for TSN or for other entities, I'd have to cover playoff hockey regardless of, because I didn't work for a team. So, you know, the season wasn't over until it was over. Now we were looking at, well, we're going to be done the first week in April. So let's go to Europe. Let's let's make a let's plan a trip. And the team went on the road in early December and was the father's trip. And they won in Nashville in overtime on the Friday night. And they won again on the Saturday night. Uh, and they were first in the division, right near the top of the conference. Mark Andre Fleury had mixed missed six weeks and he showed up on that trip, sort of 
you know, his presence announced that he was back. I got home at three in the morning from, uh, from Dallas. We flew home after the game and my wife, we had our big dog scout. She's gone now. She woke up and came to the front door and that woke my wife up and my wife came to the front door and I had my luggage there and I stood there and I said, yeah, we're not going to Italy. We're going to the playoffs. <laughs> and that it's been every year, but one, and here we are <laughs> second Stanley cup already. Uh, Kelly McCrimmon and George McPhee, they did so well in that first expansion draft and not just them, Vaughn Carpin, Jim McKenzie, Bobby Lowe's, all these great hockey people that, that they hired. They did so well in that expansion draft. And then they were standing there. They'd been to the Stanley Cup. Well, Bill Foley didn't want to hear anything about draft and develop then. He wanted to hear about how we're getting better. And you, like they've added, they added Max Pacioretty. He's gone now. They added Mark Stone, Alex Petrangelo. And then last year, the big piece, Jack Eichel. Like you say, fast forward. Think about that kind of player acquisition. It's re and mentioning the the Chandler Stevensons and the Alec Martinez and the Nick Waz, all these other guys that Zach Whitecloud they signed in college free agency, all these other guys, but like those big, big names, they've been the most aggressive organization in the NHL. I don't think you can argue that. Do you foresee a time? I mean, look, there's always a cycle of life, right? In the National Hockey League. And as good as some of these great teams have been, you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning, all that go down the list. There comes a point where you have to embrace a retool. Use one of the R words, right? Retool, renovation. I don't think that Vegas is going to be a team in the future, near future anyway, that's going to have to go through a full-scale renovation slash rebuild. But inevitably, you do have to go through some periods. How far away is that, Gary? And, it, and when Vegas gets there, because of their smarts and their aggressive nature, is this going to be one of those... Let's transition on the fly and just keep, you know, plugging the holes and and doing great scouting and good hockey work and making sure that the pieces that we're bringing in are going to get bigger opportunity and perhaps develop as we've seen to this point with some of these guys. It would go down the middle of the ice. Eichel is in his mid-20s. Carlson is just getting to 30. Stevenson is, is in his 20s. Waugh is in his 20s. So, like... To me, that the window right now is at least five years before, because uh, they will, they, they could retool. Petrangelo is playing really good hockey. Theodore isn't isn't thirty yet. Yeah, they've got a bunch of guys. Daniil Miramanoff. Uh, I'm gonna miss someone. Daniil Cheka, Caden uh, Korzak. All these guys are NHL ready and they're playing playing in the American League. So that's on the blue line. So you know, I think they'll. They they have really good cap certainty right now. They don't have any don't have any stress at all. They went through that when they grabbed Petrangelo and then got Eichel. You know they added a nine and a ten million dollar player, and so there was some stress for a while. But that that's alleviated now. And at some point, the cap's going to go up. And and knowing Bill Foley and George and Kelly, if they have cap space, it, this is the phrase you hear all the time: cap space is perishable. That's like if fact. you don't use it, it just it's it's gone. And <laughs> And nothing expires in the fridge around here. I can tell you that. <laughs> when uh, when I do when I'm doing that series, I think what what jumped at me was when Vegas is at the top of their game, like they were in Game One, where the game was close, but and went to overtime, but really never felt close. Um, game Three and Game Six, they were a steamroller. Like when yeah. 
when they get rolling, like, is that what, is that what it looks like? Is that why they're able to have five goalies in a year and still be in the Stanley cup final? Because I mean, I watched them for 10 days, but like you watch them all year. Is that what their a game looks like? So game five versus Winnipeg, that game drove the coach after the game, calling his team's effort disgusting games five and six, like Leon Dreisaitl didn't get a sniff in those two games. The only guy who was still getting chances was Connor McDavid. And they got to the point in that game where Cassidy would put William Carlson on the ice and Jay Woodcroft would pull Connor McDavid off the ice. Like that yeah, was, that was a bogey. That was that a bogey. Was, and then, you know, and then in game six against, against Dallas, like they didn't have a chance, right? That game, that game was over. That game was over during the national anthem. Rewatched it last night, and I'm standing there, and you're you and Sean, your partner Sean McDonough, are doing a fantastic job painting the picture. Now, I at that point in time, I have the the luxury of of hindsight, but I'm thinking that fourth line's out there. We're about to see one of the best shifts of the year, and they don't score, and then they're going to get another shift in about two and a half minutes, and they're going to blow. Ray, you said after the third goal. You used the word shocking. You said in a shock, I forget the exact phrase, but shocking was what you said. They like, you know, Pete DeBoer called it a perfect game. He said they, they played a perfect game. They went to a place that we couldn't go to. Pete was real classy in his remarks too. Then said, if, if we can't win, I hope they win. I'm not sure his buddy Paul Maurice will be too happy with that, but. <laughs> They just, you know, when they when they get going like that, the puck puck management was perfect. The reload and the back pressure from the forwards to prevent Dallas from having any space. Like they just squeezed them in the neutral zone. And then the breakouts, they were just so fast. They got they they got the puck and they made that first decision. If it was if it was if the hard one was there, they took it. If it was the easy one, they took it. Like they didn't think about it. It was just what, who's open? Boom! Make that make that pass, and it was uh, we called the game on radio. Dan Du and I, my partner, and like after the, if Dallas could have scored late in the first, like to get it to three one, it might have been different. But after the first twenty, that game was over. Gary, I remember having a conversation with Kelly McCrumman at the general managers meetings, and and you know Kelly was very. Very good with his time with a few of the media Gregs that were hanging about after one of the meetings. And we got talking about Mark Stone. And at that point, I mean, you know, Kelly was being abundantly honest and, and maybe stating the obvious at that stage, just saying, we have no idea when this guy is going to be available, right? He's like, we just don't know. But he goes, I'll tell you this. He's the heart and soul of our team. In many respects, Mark Stone is the heart and soul. So if he's back and ready for the playoffs, that's going to be a huge boost. So take us back to late January when, when Stone has the back surgery. They projected at that point that he would have a full recovery. But how incredible to you has it been to not only see Mark Stone come back onto the ice, but we've also seen some evidence that this is a, a warrior-type return, right? He's not in perfect health by any stretch of the imagination. And there probably was a point where he wasn't sure he was going to be able to come back this year. Yeah, you know, so I've known Mark since he was a teenager. I was working in Winnipeg, and he was a, a young guy on the on the hockey scene there. And, you know, he has defied the odds forever, right? You know, like Ray, Ray covered him at the World Juniors, and, you know, like 
you look at him and you're like, well, this guy can't skate. And, and there he is. Mm-hmm. He's near he can't the top skate. Of the- he can't shoot. He, he looks like an unmade bed. <laughs> and the guy is like, I love how disheveled Gary, he looks all the time. <laughs> like his hair is all over. His gloves are falling off. He drops his stick. Guy's a phenomenal player. I just go. Gosher calls him the Larry Bird of hockey, right? You know, like can't jump, can't can't <laughs> run, and then there you go. At the end of the night, he's got thirty, and and he's getting on the Celtics plane with with a Bud Light in his hand and two points, right? You know, yeah. right. I, I didn't yeah. think Mark was coming back, you know, because and my big my big thing for him was I knew that his wife was was pregnant. I'm like, is this guy going to be able to, you know? enjoy his life. He's just about to start that next phase that, you know, the three of us have been lucky enough to do. And we all know it's the best phase to being a parent. Is he going to be able to hold his kid? Is he going to be able to lift them up and all those, all those things. And uh, then we kept started to hear that, you know, he was, Bruce started to say publicly, Mark's on pace, Mark's, you know, he's got certain benchmarks he has to hit and so far he's hit them and uh, you know ray's been watching down from from ice level this isn't this isn't 100 mark stone and no, there is some no. real labor a, a lot of people wouldn't be playing a lot of people would be afraid that i'm gonna do something here again to my back and we, i just hope that you know after the season is over that he can have a an off season and and rebuild and get back to to where he where he once was but that's that's a question mark and and i will say this if mark stone didn't come back you guys are talking to daryl ray right now you're not talking to me like vegas or or you're talking to you know louis debrusque like vegas doesn't get to this point if they don't have mark stone i think that's a fair point all right buddy well one thing that uh, could soothe Mark Stone's pain obviously is lifting that Stanley Cup. He'll have plenty of strength and energy to do that. But there's a long road to go down against a real good team out of the East in the Florida Panthers. Gary, we could talk for an hour, but we've taken up enough of your time. We appreciate it. Enjoy the final series, the Stanley Cup Championship, and uh, we'll check back with you again in the future. I got a little sunburn yesterday, so be careful for that. Uh, I'll be waiting for that Ray and Dregs hat, you know. I, I need a hat, guys. So just make sure it gets here. Drake right? has got it right there. The new one, Batano on the side. That's the yeah. one. Beautiful. Other side, Drake. Side. <laughs> Thanks. Have Gary. fun, Gary. Thanks. Hey, Ray, we'd like to raise a glass of the Fine Chronicles Series Canadian Club to Gary Lawless of the Vegas Golden Knights for joining us today. Presented by Canadian Club, the Final Chronicles Series, the 45 year old release is now available everywhere. And you know, Gary Lawless is one of the few guests who didn't ask about, see, we've got the 44-year-old mm. stashed right over here and the 45-year-old yes. over this shoulder trying to think. I did Sports Center last night. So we're recording Wednesday, Tuesday evening, talking about Brad Treloving and, and everything going on with the Toronto Maple Leafs with Darren Detition. And as we're setting up to tape the, the segment, you can hear Dungey, hey, Driggs, is that to... Canadian club, is that any good? <laughs> it's delicious. And he's like, yeah. he's like, those are empty boxes. And I'm like, they're not empty boxes, Dutch. There's real Chronicle Series whiskey. And well, then he was like, how do I get some of that? Like, like everybody else, you go to the store and you buy yeah. it. <laughs> I, I don't know if your Dutchy imitation is really great, but uh, I get no, it. It's not it's, great. Um, <laughs> yeah, I get it with him. Um, Hey, you know what? It's, it's interesting when I was around the Vegas 
people there is that because it's so new, they have like most of their staff are day oneers. Like most of the most of the people, the PR people, not all of them, but you see people that have been there since they were all running around and nobody knew, you know, what the next little stage was going to be. And man, that's, you know, conference final after conference final, their second Stanley Cup in six years to the finals. And it was, you know, and Gary's one of those people. It was it's really, you can see their investment and their hope that this is the right one because they, they've seen whatever the history is of the franchise, albeit just six years, they've seen it all. Well, and look, you know, just a quick note on, on Gary, you and I have both known Gary Lawless for a long, long time, you know, prior to his days at, at TSN, the great work that he did in Winnipeg covering the Jets, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and the Canadian Football League. Like back in the day, he was the CFL insider, but you know, now he's a Vegas Golden Knights insider. He does so many different platforms, but to that point you just made of the day oneers, like this guy's involved in a lot of things too, right? beyond the obvious of talking about the Vegas Golden Knights. So thanks to Gary Lawless for joining us here on Rain Dregs. All right, there he is, Chris Abbott, a presentation of Botano.ca, now available in Ontario. And remember, Botano reminds us the game starts now. And so does the Stanley Cup Championship of the Vegas Golden Knights and the Florida Panthers. We're excited. Looking forward to game one. And Botano.ca, Chris, has a myriad of ways. Oh, good word, You great. can put a little do re me on the line. Fantastic word. I, I've been I waiting think that's a Stanley segment. Cup final word. I think it is. Yeah. I, or I could have used plethora. No, I like I like plethora, yeah. depending on Chris. How you what do you it. like better? Okay. I mean, it's it's early in the day for me, so I, I had to process <laughs> that for a second. But but I like it. A myriad of options. There is. There absolutely. Yeah, well, I mean, you're pushing what a hundred. I mean, when you log in, check out Botano.ca. It's not just the simple stuff. Who's going to win the series? You're betting on the con Smythe. I mean, there are so many different creative options that can be explored here. Yeah, I mean, there's there's probably about 100 on the series. And then there's like per game, another 350, 400 things you can bet on. So um, I always like to say, if you can dream about it, you can bet it at our site, which could be good or, or bad, depending on who's going in there. Ray, I know if you, you know, we could get a little bit carried away sometimes, but it's it's always fun. I mean, we love we love priding ourselves on the fact that not everyone wants to bet the winner or the losers. People might want to bet on a player. People might want to bet on an outcome you know, series wide, like we've got over under one and a half games to go to overtime, which, you know, me watching this playoffs thinks absolutely that's going to happen at plus 150, but that's how they get us sometimes too. Well, it, when I looked at it, logged on and it, to me, it looked like, like the Super Bowl, where you're betting, like where you can pick up any little nuanced little bet um, that you want something to keep you engaged as opposed to just, I think the way I think Chris, the why people get away from the win and the loss is it's like, just one thing and you gotta you gotta wait three hours for it so i like the little stuff because it is pretty interesting so goals uh from kachuk and eichel you can go nose to nose Mm. with those guys and it always seems easy that's the would you not say when you look at a lot of times doesn't it just jump out well that's (laughs) the one well that's like i was saying about the overtimes well that's gotta happen right or yeah jack eichel minus 125 to score more goals than matthew kachuk i don't know kachuk's been really good scoring big goals maybe i'm going to take the underdog but here's here's what i always say to that the winning bet is always right there it's always right there nobody's hiding it from you you can take it you just gotta pick the right one and that's where it gets tricky always in the final uh i would say the con smice interesting 
Yeah, I mean, Sergei Bobrovsky is the favorite right now. Matthew Kachuk's a plus 250 second place there, which is interesting because Vegas is a minus 137 favorite in the series. And, and you know, from what I can tell, it seems to be the pick. People are like, okay, this Florida thing's got to run out at some point. But in the Smythe odds, you know, is it a, is it a John Sebastian Jaguar situation where no matter what happens, Bobrovsky could get it? Because, you know, maybe nobody's run away with it on the Vegas side of things. But when you look at Vegas players on the odds, Jack Dyko plus 350, Mark Chassot plus 600. William Carlson, with all the goals he's got, plus 750. Bingo. Mark Stone plus Bingo. 500. You're Carlson, William Carlson. Right? I'm, I'm biased. I just came off that series. That guy is good, man. And he's playing he's good. really well. He's playing it's really one of those well. guys that to me that seems like he's a big game guy too, right? Like when when you need something to happen, he seems to always have his his name on the on the score sheet. Now, obviously, Vegas is the mecca of the gambling world. I mean, everything is done online now. But do you think this helps the process, or is it just because it's a spectacle event? You know, it is hockey Super Bowl, right? So you're going to have that activity and and that action just through the reality of a Stanley Cup final? Or is there a bit of a bump, a bit of a push because the Vegas Golden Knights are involved? I would say locally in Vegas, or there will be. And I say it will help uh, the tourism in Vegas. Not that they really need that help. I know Ray's spending a lot of time there lately with thousands and thousands of people. But when I look at it, you know, I personally, I was like, oh, game seven would be in Vegas. I mean, could I go? Like, you know, the first two games are in, in Vegas over the weekend. Like, should I go? And I'd say there's a whole lot more people that are having that consideration as well. Yeah, it would be a whole lot of fun, man. It's going to be a, it's going to be a heck of an atmosphere there. And, you know, on the other side of things, they don't have legalized sports betting in the state of Florida. Um, so then, you know, when you watch a game there, you don't see as many ads in the stadium and whatnot. So uh, it's quite the juxtaposition if we're using big words here. Ooh, you guys are deep into the forest today. today. Juxtaposition. We've got it all, man. This is awesome. All right. Can't let you go, Chris, without prediction, but we're going to start with Ray. Ray, who's winning the series? How many games? Okay. I don't like this. I hate my choice. (laughs) I'm going to say Vegas in five. (laughs) But... Okay. So this is one right. thing that I, this is what I've kind of, you know, like abs, you picked up the overtime games, right? Through the, through the playoffs. I've picked up a series that can end really quick. That is extremely close. And that's what I think is going to happen. Just what Florida did to Carolina, like that, that series couldn't have been any more closely played, except it was over in four games. That's what I think yeah. is going to happen. Vegas to win in five is five to one. So plus 500. If you were to make that prediction, Vegas to win in five, there's also under five and a half games for the series, which you'd make plus money on as well. Uh, you know, if it were to go the other way. Too. Okay, um, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, oh, well, I this really is a confident I, one. I'm, really, <laughs> I'm sucked in by all these all these options, but total goals in the series is set at 32 and a half. If it's going to be tight, if it's going to be short, I'm going to say under 32 and a half goals. Mm. Okay. And you're taking Vegas? No, I'm just saying under 32 and a half oh, goals. Look at him. Oh. He's kind of skirting around it, Dregs. He's not making a prediction. No, he's not, but he's picking, giving you a Is play. that allowed? Can we do, I do that? If I got to pick a winner, just for, for the fun of it, I'll say Florida. <laughs> well, Dregs, you're the um, tie break. Yeah, no, I'm going to say Florida too, but I, I love Vegas. So this is a tough one. So the easy out for me is, is, is a seven game series and it goes the distance. I just, this could bite me. Florida has been in playoff hockey mode since 
almost midpoint of the season. Certainly, you know, the latter part of the regular season, and they've got some serious momentum. Did you guys watch Game uh, Six? I, I know. Did you watch that? Yeah, that was a steamroller. Yeah, I know. I saw. It. <laughs> All right. But he's still t- he's so, like, yeah, I saw it. Now beat it. I'm taking the other guys. Anyway, yeah. I like that, yeah. Dregs. I love I, it. I mean, it just, With how good just... Bobrovsky's been, though, has that change anything for you? It does. Vegas? I mean, they haven't really faced, you know, the Vesna-type goaltending here. And they might and they might not it here does. either. Yeah. Here's, here's, somebody sent me this, and I, the last time a team had this long off was when Boston lost in 2019. And somewhere in there, Rask lost a little bit of the sharpness. Like this is hard for Florida. Four or five days is perfect. Yeah. This is yeah. the only, we got into this earlier abs, but like they got the best thing for Florida is the first games on the road. Like they can go there and kick it all over the lot, you know, and be rusty and all that stuff. Yeah. It's only yeah. one game and it's on the road and that's a, that's a positive for them. But because I think it's going to be Maybe. hard to be right up to speed right away. Yeah. Well, the good news is we're going to find out. Chris, thanks for this, man. I'm looking forward to it, guys. Have a good one. Well, Ray, as I mentioned off the top of the podcast, I'm off to Kamloops, BC, for the wrap-up of the Memorial Cup Championship. And we do a bunch of interviews there as part of the festivities, you know, rubbing elbows with Tom Gallardi, owner of the Dallas Stars, owner, well, partial owner anyway, of the Kamloops Blazers, Shane Dalton. Scotty Niedemeyer, you name it. Ken Hitchcock, Dallas Aikens. I mean, that's all of them. going to be that's, a big shot in that, Kamloops. That's quite, quite an alumni in, uh, yeah. in Kamloops that has been through there. That's <laughs> uh, that's quite a group. I I saw Shane Doan on the broadcast yesterday, just back from the World Championships. And, um, yeah. geez, he really looks out of shape. He's really let himself go. The guy's he a cement like a, mixer. He looks like a Western Canadian farm boy. Yeah. That's what he looks like. Those guys that just never seem to age. Their hands get bigger. Their shoulders get bigger. <laughs> they get farm old man strength stronger, yeah. but they don't seem to age. No, and, uh, that'll be that'll be a fun fun weekend out there with those guys. That'll be awesome. Hitch will have a few stories, eh? Oh, yeah. No, just, Hitch, you just have to throw one kind of lob question out there. You're good for 15 minutes. Just let him go. You are, uh, you're joining the ranks of, of, of the fans, right? I mean, you're done. ESPN is done. It's TNT Stanley Cup yes. final. So here you are on the sidelines. Is it, it's good to be home, of course, but it's the juice of the Stanley Cup final though, right? That you're probably going to miss a bit. Maybe by the weekend right now, I got to tell you, Dregs. <laughs> nope. I'm. You were out of gas. Out of gas. Yeah. Going to a soccer game tonight. Riley's nice. playing tonight. Then he's going to Seattle this weekend to play. So I'm going to pop down there and so it's uh, you. it'll be nice to uh it'll be nice to be uh you know to be out of it for a few days how about this though so i've been gone for i don't know how long yeah uh, cammy leaves tomorrow for the 25th reunion of their olympic gold medal team of 1998 and then goes to the draft oh, combine so i got home yeah good to see you here's the list i'm like does this all happen when i'm gone all the time holy smokes there's a lot going on and so um <laughs> yeah i'll be i'll be uber for the next week <laughs> Ruber, that's it. The tips are lousy. My riders don't tip much. <laughs> we just a quick aside. I think it's funny, but I actually created it, which is why I think it's funny. You know, I think I'm a funny guy. So on occasion, not very often, a few buddies would meet at the local establishment, normally during football season, right? The NFL, and you have a couple of pints, and you have to be responsible, so I don't drive home. Well, normally I would Uber, not a big deal. My buddy's name, my buddy's wife, Val, 
every single time would come pick up her husband and say, Darren, you need to ride home. No, no, I'm good. Well, on occasion, I would, I would accept the, the offer and she'd give me a ride home. And one day I'm like, thanks, Boober. <laughs> Val, who's Uber? So there you go. And did you, Funny did you send a tip Uber. along the way or no? No tip along the yeah, way. No, so thank thanks. You. Close the door and said, thanks. See you next week. All right, buddy. Well, speaking of next week, we'll have a, a lot going on, yeah. both on and off the ice. I'm curious because, man, I know you've got all the time and the respect in the world for the Florida Panthers, but to pick Vegas in five, mm. uh, I, I hear you because the dominance that we saw from the Vegas Golden Knights. But, so, but I'm we'll thinking, taste I'm it, thinking five games and three overtime games. Yeah, well, so that then takes you back to, to what Brenda Moore said in the sweep, yeah. right? Of course it's a sweep. You lost in four straight games, but it didn't feel like that. And I think, I mean, that's what you're talking about. Yeah. If Vegas is successful. That's exactly it. And by the way, I'm glad you brought that up. That pissed me off when people were all over top of him. I mean, yeah. like, come on. It's very obvious what he was saying. Could it have been phrased yes. differently? Maybe his whole point was that was a hard series. It was a close series. Yeah. It didn't feel like a sweep. He can count to four. He can count yeah. to four. Wow. It's it's the cesspool of social media and the same collection of dum dums wouldn't say anything like that to the man's face ever, you know? Because in the moment you could see and feel exactly. Yeah. So we'll let you go. You got Ollie. Ollie Ollie's looking to get YouTube. out now. I can tell he's got that yeah. you know when they he's, sit there and just stare at you? Yeah, he's got business. He's, he's get, not you gotta worried get about going. you. He's got some stuff going yeah, on. You gotta get going. All right, buddy. Take care. Travel safe out to Kamloops. Have a great weekend. All right, man. We'll check in in episode 70. So big shout out to our partners who make the pod possible by our title sponsor, Canadian Club Whiskey, who ask, are you over beer? By Botano.ca, available in Ontario. Remember, Botano says the game starts now. By Tim Hortons. Tim's NHL Hockey Challenge is back, and it is thriving for this Stanley Cup Championship final. And by Dewar, use code RNDPants, and you will save 15% off everything at Dewar.ca. That is episode 69 of the Rain Drags Hockey Podcast. Episode 70 is going to be tremendous. Until then, stay safe, everybody. <laughs>